0: This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories.
1: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Wanderu Getogo, I'll be your host. In today's show we have Anne Kabugi. Who is the IFC gender program lead? And uh, I guess and I will talk about gender equality in uh, financial institutions. Welcome to the show, Anne.
0: Thank you very much, Wanjiri. It's a pleasure.
1: Most welcome. Why is it important to support female entrepreneurs?
0: Thank you for that question, When You know, women are getting into entrepreneurship now more than ever, and we are finding that uh, women are also starting businesses at a much higher rate uh, than women are. And in countries like Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, you have more women running uh, businesses than they are in the formal sector as well. But these women really face some very unique challenges as compared to the male-owned businesses. And it's important that we support them to unlock these barriers for them to be able to scale their businesses because we find that a lot of women are still playing in the small and micro level type of enterprises and very rarely do they get to break into the medium and large enterprises as a result of these barriers. In our country, for instance, and according to the Central Bank of Kenya, and I'm now looking at specific challenges that women entrepreneurs are facing during COVID-19, which has obviously exacerbated their struggles. Uh, The CBK estimates uh, that about 75% of women-owned businesses were at risk of collapse because they had very limited cash reserves. And alongside that, um, one of our studies when it comes to access to finance, the IFC through the MSC Finance Forum estimates that there's a gap of about $40 billion in terms of access to finance for women-owned businesses in Africa. So you can see that access to finance is a huge issue. We need to support those businesses to access capital to be able to scale up and to be able to start businesses and grow those
1: businesses interesting i like that you mentioned at the IFC you have done your own studies that have revealed the lack of finance to female and women-owned enterprises Uh, what are some of the barriers women face in taking management position in financial services
0: Thanks for that question, Wendiri. Um, It is a myriad of challenges that women face in terms of entering the workforce and staying in the workforce. And I'll just cite two of those challenges that we see a lot of women struggling with. And one of them is the lack of conducive policies and practices that encourage women to pursue careers in the financial services sector. And we've seen that also in other sectors that childcare, the burden of childcare is a huge issue for women. At the moment, we have a lot of women getting into these financial services services workforce at the entry level, and sometimes even more women than men getting into financial services sector. But when they start going up the career ladder, we see that a lot of women are dropping or stagnating. And one of the biggest reasons there is lack of childcare support and lack of policies that actually allow women to work and thrive as women in the financial services sector workforce and also be able to take care of their domestic responsibilities. So what we see is that a lot of women are opting to drop out of the workforce or opting to delay their careers. They don't want to get into more demanding uh, mid-level and senior roles because they know they would have enough time to be able to take care of their children as well. And you find that now when women either drop out, getting back into the workforce is a huge challenge. And even when they get back into the workforce, they are obviously not as competitive as their, their fellow um, employees that have been in the workforce uh, while they had taken a break to take care of, of their policies. One of the things that we work on at the IFC is supporting employers to put in place response mechanisms to the childcare issue and building policies that allow women to work. This could be maternity care, um, this could be flexi hours, and also looking at how women are appraised in terms of performance when they come back from maternity leave. And this has really supported a lot of the private sector companies that we're working with. In 2017, IFCs published a report on tackling childcare. The business case for employer supported childcare. And what we were looking to explore is what companies are doing in this area and what else can they do to be able to support both men and women in their careers.
1: I really like the point about IFC working with employers to create support mechanism that can enable women to ascend the career
0: ladder. Indeed. And you know what, did we found that family-friendly policies in the workplace okay. and other initiatives okay. actually result in gains for the employer. For instance, we saw reduced employee turnover because women and men became very loyal. They want to come back because they feel supported and they want to stay because that's okay. an environment that supports both their domestic responsibilities and gives them opportunities to grow their careers as well. We saw that there's increased employee productivity and of course that leads to increased profits to the companies as well.
1: That takes me to my next issue. How does having women in leadership, especially in the financial services, affect portfolio performance and determine investment decisions?
0: You know, there has been a huge body of evidence that actually shows that having more gender diverse leadership teams and workforce actually leads to higher profitability and positive social benefits, and particularly so for the finance sector. What we are seeing, however, is that Africa, though, has the highest representation of women on boards, this is just at 25%. So we can't quite claim a parity in that sense. Um, And this was reported by McKinsey in the latest Advancing Women's Equality in Africa, 2019 so we are still way off in terms of getting to equality but what we are seeing is that the business case is very very strong you know the more women you have the more gender diversity you have in the workforce in leadership the more likely you will perform better last year we had one of pioneering studies in the private equity space and we collaborated with a firm called Rockridge and a consulting firm called oliver women and the report that was called moving toward gender balance private equity and venture capital was really illuminating in terms of uh, looking at how gender diverse investment uh, teams were. And what that report actually showed us is that gender balanced teams have better returns. Actually 20% higher net internal rate of return compared to teams that were not quite gender diverse. And we also found that firms that had female partners invested almost two times more in female entrepreneurs than male entrepreneurs. So I think that is quite convincing. And that evidence is quite strong that we need to invest in more gender diverse leadership teams. We also published a report looking at ESG, environmental and social government governance performance in private sector companies. And we found that you know, companies that had women in leadership of environmental and social governance actually managed that ESG risk better and performed better in that space as well.
1: So that's very insightful. Now, at this stage, so we don't us to look at the COVID-19 pandemic. What would you say is the effect of COVID-19 pandemic on women businesses with a focus on access to finances?
0: Thanks for that question. As I mentioned earlier, access to finance is a key barrier and challenge for women-owned businesses. As we know, women-owned businesses, as I said, they tend to be smaller. So they play in the micro and small enterprises. So they're not able to walk into the formal banking institution and ask for loans. And as a result, they rely on more informal sources of loans, whether we're talking about women groups and micro enterprises. And what we have seen in the advent of COVID 19 is that these businesses have collapsed because they're also in the more vulnerable space like you know the food sector and they have either collapsed uh, they have shrunk. Um, early evidence is showing us that women have been forced to really, really scale down so they have either reduced their number of employees and they've also had to repurpose as some of the sectors where they play became really affected by the pandemic so they repurposed and moved away from the traditional businesses to be able to get into the more demanding spaces that for instance, suppliers of PP, etc. So we have seen that happen as well. We've also seen businesses that as a result of lockdowns and curfews and women having to stay at home with increased care demands, whether it's taking care of children who are not going to school, homeschooling, or taking care of the elderly as well. We've seen women are no longer able to devote as much time as they used to to running their businesses. And this definitely has led to losses
1: for those enterprises uh, probably what I've gotten from there is that the stay at home has limited women their time they will maybe be dedicating to their businesses and also some of their businesses have scaled down and shrunk and some have had to repurpose at this juncture what are some of the initiatives that would help women-led businesses to recover from the pandemic in light of the effects mm-hmm. you have highlighted above
0: Let me look at two things. One of them will be access to assets. And of course, we've talked about access to finance. But I think the other very important asset that women need to be able to access is technology. And it's not just being able to access a smartphone. It's also being able to access internet connectivity. The World Economic Forum actually predicted that with the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic, going forward, 60% of global economic activity will go online. So this will be transacted online e-commerce is going to get bigger but we see that in sub-Saharan Africa specifically women are actually at a significant disadvantage because we know that there's a 15% mobile ownership gap according to the GSMA and in Kenya for instance women are 39% less likely than men to have access to mobile internet which limits obviously their ability to conduct business online. So we need to be able to see what can be done to close that digital gender divide so that women can also join this bandwagon and be able to run their businesses more efficiently and also access more you know, e-commerce platforms. At IFC, we're running a program called Digital to Eco and we've done a couple of case studies where we've supported companies that e-commerce disaggregate their data to better understand how women are using these e-commerce platforms and what they can do to design products and services that actually cater to women and support communities to build ecosystems that close the gaps in connectivity and digital use by women. So access to technology is going to be very, very critical. The other area is in terms of access to markets. Women face a lot of challenges when it comes to access to markets. And at ISE we are looking at how can we open up this access to markets so that women can access more opportunities. And one of the areas that we are looking at is working with private sector companies to open up procurement opportunities for women so that they can supply more and be able to access more contracts and grow their businesses. So our Sourcing to Eco Global program was rolled out in Kenya um, at the moment and we are looking at getting more Kenyan women entrepreneurs accessing corporate supply chain as well the other areas we are looking at is how to better embed women distributors in large corporate uh, for instance FMCG distribution networks because you know a lot of women are in these distribution networks but they sit at the bottom of the pyramid as a result of either lack of financing you know access to networks access to information um, etc so looking at how can you get them to try because these are two key access to market spaces that can actually be a game changer for women entrepreneurs.
1: And I also concur with you about the, there is a digital gender divide. And uh, the faster we give women access to technology, especially the internet, I think that will expose them even to this issue of access to markets. I think if we can give them access to technology mm-hmm. in the internet, I think the market will come as a byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. What is the IFC doing to make sure that women entrepreneurs benefit from its financial support for SMEs to recover from the pandemic?
0: Thanks for that. I mean IFC has long supported women's entrepreneurship. We have a fully dedicated financing facility called Banking on Women. These funds are specifically targeted at women-owned businesses where we work with the banks who are our intermediaries. We lend to the banks so that they can lend to women-owned businesses and we have seen through this a facility that women are actually a market segment and if any bank or financing institutions wants to play in this space there's a very strong evidence that, you know, women-owned SMEs actually perform better when it comes to non-performing loans. A recent study that looked at the women-owned SMEs in our banking on women portfolio showed us that, you know, the average NPL ratio for loans portfolio of women-led SMEs was at 3%, which was much significantly lower than the average NPL for total SME loan portfolio at 4.9%. That is also comprising men as well. That is in terms of lending and this facility has gone continue to grow over the years. We also have other initiatives that specifically focus on getting more financing to women-owned businesses. One of them is the Women Entrepreneurship Finance Initiative which talks with the private sector actors to finance, uh, you know, strengthen the entrepreneurial ecosystem, expand financial services and improve the market access for women entrepreneurs as well.
1: Interesting. I think that is all we had for today, Anne. It was a very big pleasure to host you in our podcast.
0: Thank you so much, Wandiri.